live from the Country Club Plaza in the beautiful and lovely Kansas City, it's the Timmy Gibson Show. Hey, welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. My host, my host, my host, my name. Hello, my name is Timmy Gibson. Uh, my name's Timmy. I'm the host of the Timmy Gibson Show. And I'm excited. I'm getting ready to buzz up uh, one of my Bobby. Bob, I don't know what's up with them. I'm not sure what's wrong with my uh, my pronunciations of the words today. I swear I'm not high or drunk. Um, my, uh, what was I going to say? I don't even know. Oh, I'm I'm getting ready to call my good friend and Bible teacher, Bible scholar. There we go. I said it. Fred Heron. So let's give Fred Heron a call. I have I have some questions for him. I had a recent encounter with a or a recent conversation with an evangelical fundamentalist. I want to talk to Fred about it. Hey. Fred, welcome to the Timmy Gibson show. Hey Timmy. <laughs> How you doing, sir? Doing well. How are you? Good. Doing real good. Feeling feeling a lot better. I don't. Did you know I came down with COVID? No, I didn't know. Yeah, I was I was uh, down and out, quarantined all through <laughs> Christmas and up until uh, I finally felt better on the thirty first. So I was down from December twentieth, uh, just after our uh, just after our uh, dinner at Trezzo. I started, okay. started feeling, uh, feeling a little, oh. yeah, a little bit icky. And then next thing you know, boom. And then I got tested and sure enough, I have had COVID and it was, it was well, a rough go, man. I could, I didn't eat for seven days straight, seven or eight days. Oh, crud. Yeah. I lost my appetite completely. Uh, had to have a, a nurse friend of mine come over and hook me up to an IV and it was, uh, wow. yeah, it was, it was rough actually, Fred. It was really rough. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm, I'm glad I didn't go to see Jesus. <laughs> well, so yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's ways that are more fun to see Jesus, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, do you have a good Christmas? Yeah. Uh, it was, so I, Let's see. I think I was just getting over something when I saw you. Okay. Because my my larger family Christmas was on December 11th and I I missed it because I was sick, but I I took a covid test and was I didn't have covid, but I had some kind of bronchial congestion cough kind of thing. Yeah. So then when Christmas hit, I had three sisters. So I went uh, to two, I went to all three of my sister's houses. They were entertaining. Each of them were entertaining their, their kids and grandkids kind of a thing for their kind of like grandparent Christmas. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, it's wild. I was, I was actually, to, to be honest with you, when we were at dinner, I started having that, you know, how your spine kind of hurts. I don't know, you know, that feeling, you know, like it's just in your spine kind of and. I remember when, when I left the restaurant, you know, I went in the bathroom, washed my hands. And then I, I, as I went outside, you know, it was cold a little bit, but I felt really cold from the inside out kind of cold. 
And I was like, ah, oh, man, I think I'm getting, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm coming down with something. Hmm. Um, you know, you can just feel it. Usually you can just kind of yeah. feel it creeping up on you. And, uh, yeah, anyway, no, it's good to be, it's good to be back from the, back from the dead. I think I dropped like 15 pounds and which I probably need to, needed to, to loosen, loosen, uh, loosen up my belt just a little bit. I'd been eating kind of bad and cheating. That's why I, that night, you know, I had a salad just because I'm like, man, I've been, I've been, I've been living like the devil. So anyway, it all, you know, all things work together for the good. It ended up, you know, it was a good thing. Actually the, the extended fast ended up being a good thing just for my system overall. Um, you know, I didn't like how it went down. I didn't like not feeling good and having a fever and, and, uh, actually lost my vocals for three days where like, like Jeez. I could not talk. I, if you just said, Timmy, I'll give you a million dollars to say a sentence. I'd, I mean, I'd have been like, well, like I could sign language it. Like I can't talk it, my, yeah. my vote, my vote vocals just wouldn't grab on to sound it was very weird huh. wow anyway well i wanted to, yeah. to to have a conversation with you here um and and i'll tell you why in a minute but for all the listeners out there fred why don't you give me give the listeners what like what's your expertise what's what's your area of knowledge and and uh, you know not your whole you don't have to tell me your whole big background story but just you know kind of your what's your story when it comes to uh biblical understanding biblical studies all that kind of stuff well i mean obviously uh i i've been a pastor i was a pastor for 40 years okay. um i so in the process of pastoring i was always teaching the bible in fact that's probably what i've I've been teaching the Bible since I was a late teenager. And, uh, and then of course there's the formal education. So it, you know, I went to Baylor university, sick bears, you know, we had a great <laughs> new year's day. We, uh, our number one ranked, uh, Baylor bear basketball team, um, is undefeated ranked number one. We played number eight, Iowa state on new year's day and beat, beat them and Iowa State was undefeated ranked number eight and then Baylor played in the Sugar Bowl New Year's Day that's against awesome Ole, against Old Miss number seventh ranked football team in the nation beat the number eight ranked team so we had a good day New that's Year's awesome day. but anyway went to Baylor and did uh, religion and business major and then I did a master's of divinity degree you know which is a, a lot of biblical studies and then I I did a doctorate of ministry at Fuller Seminary, which was more of a leadership organizational development degree. But then I was working on a PhD in the Hebrew Bible and had finished all my coursework and was working on my dissertation. I didn't finish that because I took a, a short uh, um, a detour. <laughs> yeah, a short detour to rehab, you know, sure. at any rate. <laughs> But no, that's so I've I've been a student of the Bible and a teacher of the Bible for a good four decades. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. I, I you know, you know a little bit about my story. The listeners know, you know, I'm former evangelical Bible, um, former evangelical Bible pastor, uh, teacher, uh, you know, lover of, of scripture um, to, you know, now I I don't know what I would call myself, maybe an agnostic Christian. I don't know. 
uh, I still believe in the heart of the message of Christ. I just don't believe in, in any of the, the, the literal fact, you know, illiteral part of, of what I used to, to believe, which is why I wanted to call you. Cause I, I had an encounter uh, today actually, um, which is what made me, of course, we, we've been talking about coming on the podcast and I've been talking about having you on. I mean, it was going to happen anyway, uh, but it kind of just expedited in my mind. I had my, had this encounter with a, evangelical and they had heard about my you know walking away from the faith and they just they asked me a question and the question was you know what led you you know away from you know being a an evangelical christian and as i started to answer the question I, so that you know the sad thing is they weren't asking i thought they were asking me because they were curious they weren't asking me because they were curious. They were wanting to, you know, save my soul. And so I started telling them, I said, you know, I, I, uh, as I began to understand and study and do research and, um, uh, get a greater understanding of, of science and archeological things. And I said, it, it, it became more and more difficult for me to hold on to a, a literal, biblical interpretation, you know, of a 6,000 year old earth and Adam and Eve being the first two humans and like all these stories and things that I grew up believing, even as a, as a, as an adult believing were, tr were true, like factually, actually true. And then as I started learning those things, in fact, weren't true, they, they aren't true. Um, in, in that sense, in, in, in a sense of a factual thing. And the more that I've realized that, oh my gosh, like there's literally no archeological evidence of the Exodus. Like there's no evidence of a Moses. There's no, like all of a sudden I'm like, you know, learning and studying for even from Bible scholars. I mean, like, you know, Bible scholars, uh, in all, you know, the, the, we don't have any early manuscripts. We have literally little bitty fragments that go back to around 70 AD or so, but we have no incomplete books of the Bible until like 900 or a thousand years after the, and all of a sudden, like my, my reality or my worldview just started unraveling Fred right before my eyes. Anyway, I'm saying this and I said something about carbon dating and I said something about, you know, human and civilizations dating back 100,000 years. And the person that asked me this question, you know, now granted a Southern Baptist evangelical type person, they were like, well, that's not true. We have original manuscripts and, 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 uh, Carbon dating is not true. That's not true. That they don't, they can't date things. They don't, that's not right. The, and I'm just like, oh my God, you're, you sound like a moron. Like we, we don't, we don't, we don't think this is true. I'm telling you, this isn't a theory. I said, I'm telling you what we know as a fact. <laughs> and, and it just, I'll be honest, Fred, it just started angering me because, you know, they're saying something based upon their belief with no there's no evidence there's nothing to back up what they're saying except their own voice or their own 
thoughts. <laughs> you know, and then to say, you know, well, no, the, the Bible, I, I can read it. I can read what the Bible says. And I'm like, oh, my God. We're going to literally, you think you're holding in your hands the original? And, you know, just King, King James, which is, that's the original. That's what Jesus read from. But anyway, and I just, it got frustrating for me. You know, just, I, because you just, how can you argue you know, I'd say, hey, Fred, come over to my house. I've got a, I've got a dragon in my house. I want to show it to you. And you come mm -hmm. over and you're like, well, where's the dragon? Well, he's invisible. Oh, well, <laughs> can we turn out the lights and, and do, you know, well, he's, he's invisible to the, what do you say? It's like, what? it's, <laughs> I mean, I just like, it, it literally just made me so frustrated. And, uh, after that conversation, you know, I just was shaking my head going, I just, I don't know. I, 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 it makes Christian, it makes me less interested, like totally when you're just talking about making crap up just out of your butt and that's your faith. <laughs> mm. And, you know, again, I, Maybe, maybe I, I believe Jesus was a real person, but you know, maybe he was God. I don't think he was, but maybe he was. And I don't have a problem with someone believing that it was, but don't, don't tell me it's a fact because that, that would be provable to everybody. You yeah. know, it's like, is the earth a sphere or flat? Well, that we can show you pictures and video. Like it's for sure a sphere. But for someone to say, well, the Bible says it's flat. I believe God in the Bible. I trust the, okay. Mm -hmm. So what, yeah. I mean, what, <clears throat> what do you say to that kind of a, of a faith, that kind of a, cause you know, you're a, you're a Christian, you love Jesus and you teach the Bible. And I mean, so, you know, you and I, I don't see it like you see it, but I respect your view because you have some. You know, you, you're not just saying something out of your butt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I still call myself a follower of Jesus for sure. Um, and I still, I still find um, value in, in the Hebrew Bible, which is, which is Old Testament for, for people who hold to the New Testament, it's Hebrew Bible for Jewish people, and it's Old Testament for Christians and the New Testament. I certainly find value and inspiration there. Um, you know, archaeology is a, I've actually, because of my Hebrew, my studies in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, I've done, I've done quite a bit of uh, study with archaeology. Uh, I've had classes in archaeology. I've actually been on digs in Israel, not not long term, but just real short term sure. uh, things. Um, I don't call I, I would never call myself an archaeologist, but I've just studied and read and that kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Um, are certainly stories that are, you know, most of the ancient Near Eastern world had 
similar stories or every ancient Near Eastern um, community had creation stories. Well, how did this world come about? I mean, most of your ancient religions have creation stories. Um, there's, there's flood stories in most of your ancient Near Eastern religions. There's sometimes there's even Tower of Babel stories, you know, those kind of things. And then when you hit Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, um, you know, there's a, it's, it's hard to pin down archaeology to a specific person like that. Sure. And when you're going back that far, um, you know, Abraham probably, you'd probably place him about 1600 BC. But if you look at where he migrated from, like from Ur of the Chaldees, which is modern day Iraq, and then, you know, he actually, there, there are actually uh, caravan routes that go from that area up to the north uh, into Babylon and then down into what would be uh, ancient Palestine, you know. And so people did migrate along those lines, you know, so you have broad archaeology um, that some of these stories fit into, but it would be really hard to, like, actually say there's archaeological evidence for Abraham, right? for Isaac, for Jacob, for Joseph. And you're right, even some, there's, there's big debates about how much archaeological evidence exists for the Exodus, even. Yeah. Now there's some there's some good there's some good archaeology that 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 comes that that might fit the Exodus story into some some interesting stuff. There's some some pretty good newer studies. There's a guy out of Wheaton College, and um, you know, but it's still it's not a slam dunk uh, on the on the on the archaeological Exodus. Uh, evidence of the exodus okay especially that there were million that there were a million plus people they think it was they think it was a smaller group of people correct correct you got it you got it yeah right yeah and how big and all that and how you know even the the date there's arguments anywhere between 1400 bc all the way to 1200 1280 bc on the timing of the exodus it's really it's really hard to pin it down it's really hard to figure out how many people there's not a ton of artifacts uh, artifacts to be found. What you find is migratory patterns of people, and that leaves evidence, but that's hard to place into specific stories sometimes when, sure. you, when you go back that far in archaeology. But we actually do have archaeological evidence for, you know, the Davidic, you know, Saul, David, Solomon. Yeah. That's pretty solid history all the way into, you know, the, the division of the kingdom where the kingdom divided into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom got carried off by was destroyed by Assyria in 720. That's pretty solid archaeological evidence. The southern kingdom was destroyed by Babylon in 587, 86 BC. That's pretty strong. The the exile has really strong evidence. And then the rebuilding of the temple under Ezra and Nehemiah, that all has really strong archaeological evidence. I think there's great um I think there's pretty solid, um, at least, uh, historical evidence for, for Jesus. Um, again, it would be hard to, you know, you don't, you don't have the bones, you know, sure, right. (laughs) You know, but you have historical evidence, the same kind of evidence that we would have for most ancient historical figures we do have for Jesus. 
I think certainly there was a group of disciples that, you know, that that followed Jesus. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you got Paul, you've got all of those people who emerged out of the Jesus story. Who real quick would and, and some people I recently didn't I did not know this, but I had recently heard that Matthew wasn't written by Matthew. Mark wasn't written by Mark. It's just the names that they put on those gospels. Is that yeah, those that, those are all debatable. Like when you get into, you know, advanced Bible classes, you'll you'll study like who wrote Matthew, and there, some people do think it was Matthew's, you know, the disciple Matthew, the tax collector that wrote it, but it could it could be a collection. Uh, um, some there are people who think that, you know. Uh, so Matthew was a disciple. People think that many people think that John, the disciple John, wrote both John, first, second John, third John, and, and Revelation. But all of that's debatable. Yeah. Even some of the books that we traditionally give to Paul, some of those books, like we don't know who wrote Hebrews, you know, we don't know, you know. So yeah, all of those books are debatable, but they certainly emerge from jesus's followers right right? probably within you know if jesus was crucified in 33 a.d then most of these books were being written between 60 and 100 a.d matthew mark luke and john yeah um and uh and then paul's paul the earliest new testament book i date to 48 a.d which would be the book of galatians which i pretty sure was written by paul and they think about that's pretty, that was not very many years after the crucifixion. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. But at any rate, um, yeah, so there is, there is archaeological evidence for some of the history that is re- reported in the Old and New Testament. But, um, but it, it's, it's not slam dunks on, on uh, the early history of Genesis and Exodus. Yeah. Certainly, certainly not. And I, and so, yeah, and I think your point about, you know, even conservative people, Timmy, Timmy, who approach scripture very conservatively and very literally, like you're saying, they don't take everything literally. Right. (laughs) They don't. Nobody does. Nobody takes all of scripture literally. So they, they have a pattern of picking and choosing what they take literally and what they don't take literally, you know, yeah. are we supposed to, you know, and then some of it obviously isn't meant to be taken literally. Jesus, did Jesus really want us to pluck our eyes out? If you know, that caused us to like, you know, yeah, all those kind of things, you know, so you get into. Well, when um, did, when did it enter into the, the Christian narrative, that more literalist view of, you know, Adam and Eve being like a factual, actual account, you know, like this is an actual story that, you know, this is exactly what really happened. Like God literally created, you know, Adam from the dust and then took a rib and created like, when did that come into Christianity? Because, you know, this evangelical person I was talking to, you know, they're like, well, that like, I go, how do you know they're like because the bible says like it's in genesis 1 1 that's how i mean i'm just like 
Like, you know, to, in my brain, that sounds like the most ignorant, asinine thing to, to say mm-hmm. in my mind. Again, I'm not judging them. I mean, you're free to believe whatever you yeah. want to believe. But when they say that, in my mind, I'm like, that is the most ignorant statement you could ever say. Like, yeah. Well, and I think it, I honestly think it forced, like, the, the, the story of, of creation is not intended to date the earth uh it's not intended to i don't don't even think the six days of creation are intended to be a chronological kind of thing like i think it's conceptual yeah i mean the sun wasn't in created until you know day what three or something and uh so you know your days before then wouldn't have even had been solar days you know so right there's so many so i think that i think that it's just adam and eve represent humanity i think their story of shame and guilt represents you know humanity i think that i I think i love i love science i've always taught uh i've always tried to integrate um the the deep truth of of the stories in Genesis one through eleven with with science, I don't think I don't put them in conflict. Right. I'm happy that the universe is fourteen or fifteen billion years old, and happy right. that you know the Earth is X number of years old. And anyway, I'm not. I'm that's not my battle to to do that. But I think what I to to the point of your question, when did Christianity shift? I think it. I think it happened. And when modern, in the modern Enlightenment scientific age, so so you think about the pre-modern world, everybody had a supernatural worldview, right? Prior to the emergence of the Enlightenment and science, and you know the scientific worldview, and so we call that pre-modern and then modern. And you know you can date it whenever you want to, but because I think back, I mean the Jewish people, which you know the disciples would have been Jewish, like well Jesus was Jewish. Yeah. I don't think at least uh and, and I could be wrong, but just my my thought on it is they didn't view it as literal either. I don't think well, Jesus himself thought that Genesis was an actual detailed account of the beginning of all things. Yeah, both Jesus and Paul practice the type of interpreting of the Hebrew Bible that we call midrash which is a very creative and, and a dissonant type of interpretation. Um, it's not how evangelicals uh, interpret scripture today. So, so I think that what happened was when science began to explain things that we used to chalk up to supernatural world, you know, yeah. like if somebody has a mental illness, it, it was always a demon. If somebody had a, you know, a sickness, it it was a demon. You know, there's always, there was always supernatural explanations for everything. Well, the science began to fill the gaps on what was supernatural and what was natural. More and more people started reading ancient literature as mythology rather than fact. Right. You know, well, we know teenage girls aren't impregnated by God. We know that people who are crucified and buried don't 
pop out of the grave, you know, a few days later. We know that, you know, I mean, people just start going like we know that, you know, one of your favorites that, you know, whales don't swallow people and you stay alive in their bellies for three days and then they barf them back out on the on the beach, you know, Um, you know, just you could just go through it over and over and over and over and over again. And people started having skepticism about all the supernatural stories. So then if it's not factual, then it's myth. Right. Right. But, you know, my thing is that, that even myth can be powerful. Right. Even myth can be inspirational. And so um, I think all I, I like to say deep truth echoes everywhere. And so like when you talk about death and resurrection, well, that, you know, there's that happens in the scientific world that happens in the mythological world that happens in, you know, um, all kinds of places. Incarnation, you know, if if God shows up, how does he show up? He shows up in nature, in creation, in people. Um, and so there, you know, there are truths, I think, that um, echo everywhere. They echo in science, they echo in myth, they echo in scripture, they echo in probably a lot of the ancient faith traditions in their scriptures as well. And so not everything that's not not everything that that is uh, even mythological is not unimportant or uninspirational, right. you know. So, um, so I like to give people the liberty to decide what they feel like is myth and fiction and what's real and literal. But then I like to press people on the deeper meanings and what, what can we draw from passages that, that, that can help us live life today in a loving, more holistic way. And because that's what, that's what really matters, you know? So, yeah, sorry. At any rate, yeah. But. I, I well, so also the other the other thing that came up in this this conversation with this fundamentalist that I had, they which I always I always dislike when people ask questions on a def, um in an in a in an aggressive way. Meaning, it's one thing for someone to ask, um, you know, why don't you uh, subscribe to the belief um in the virgin birth? Like that's that's a question. Okay, I'll tell you why. But when someone says now you do believe in the the that Jesus is the only way, right? Like you believe, you know, it's like, are you asking me a question or are you confronting me? Like you're judging me because you know, you think you know the way of salvation. Therefore, if I don't believe that, so basically in a nutshell, they were they said something like, Well, you do love Jesus, don't you? You know, I said, I said, Yes, I believe in you know, the message of Jesus. I believe he actually existed and I knew what was coming. The next question was, well, you do believe that, you know, in the death, burial and resurrection. I said, no, I do not. And then they said, well, you have to believe that to go to heaven. And you know, again, I get my blood just curdles because you know, where I'm at in my journey right now is I do not even believe in eternal damnation. I can't imagine that if there is a God, which I believe that there is, but if there is a God that he set it up in such a way that if you don't believe in this narrow little story about Jesus and you're a good, kind, caring person of another faith, let's just say that at the end of your life, you know, God's going to douse you in gasoline 
and light you on fire to burn forever and ever and ever and ever. I'm like, if that's, if that's the God, let's put it this way. I'll, I'll just say something very strong here. That Christian God. Well, for sure, I don't believe in that God. And if that is, if that is that, if that's him, I don't want anything to do with him. I want nothing to do with that psycho, crazy killer. <laughs> like yeah. that, that drives me insane. And they just were so emphatic. They said, well, you have to believe in Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're good. It doesn't matter if you're kind. That None of that matters. It doesn't, believe, it doesn't matter if you believe in the heart of the message. You have to believe in the physical absolution of Jesus Christ. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you've lost your mind. Yeah. You sound well, like a lunatic. Well. I I fully understand where that guy's coming from. Um, I was raised Southern Baptist, so um, I, I have degrees from Southern Baptist institutions. So I do know I do know that world. I do I do agree with you that uh, there are, there are things that we attribute to God that would certainly make God a psychopath or uh, an immoral monster. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, I think it's, it's, I think it's unfortunate. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't, that's not the God I want to have anything to do with either. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, it's, I just, I just find it fascinating damn, damn how that, and, you know, he just gets up one morning in a bad mood and lightning bolts these people and damns these people to hell and does this and that and the other. And another day he's in a good mood and decides, decides to, you know, yeah be nice, to, be nice to some other people that don't deserve it or something, you know, whatever. I don't know. But well, you know, the thing no, that I think that, that sometimes it, I guess, uh, obviously a lot of this rubs me wrong, but when, when they say that, when I'll say something like, well, that's just the way you're interpreting it. They'll, and this is what they said. This is what this guy said. He said, that's not my interpretation. It's black and white in the Bible. <laughs> and I just, I just shake my head because I'm like, oh my God, you are a kind hearted idiot. <laughs> you, you, you are so misguided. And it's not like I have the truth and I know the truth. I'm just like hearing that. I'm like, wow, that's fascinating that that is how you, they, well, Well, it's the word of God, Timmy. It's, it's not about opinion. It's not my, it's not my decision that God sends, that God said, this is the way to salvation. It's in the Bible. It's, Mm -hmm. and when they say that, I'm like, you don't like, I'm thinking to myself, that's this ignorant, that's such an ignorant statement, you know, because that's not the Bible. What, that's not what it actually says. Well, there is a, there's a stream of fundamental Christianity that, that boils down eternal life into a certain set of rational 
dogmatic beliefs. And if you subscribe to their interpretation and, and their set of rational beliefs, then you go to heaven. But if you question them or disagree with them or disbelieve in their set of rational, objective set of beliefs, then you're going to go to hell. Yeah. And they're the ones that have interpreted the Bible in this exact way. Um, and if you don't interpret the Bible exactly their way, then you're going to hell. If you don't, if you're from an, if you grow up in another world religion, you're going to hell. Everybody's going to hell except the people that see it their exact way. Right. And believe it their exact way. And they're the ones that have determined which truths in the Bible are, are the ones that are the make or break rational beliefs that you have to believe in. And, um, and you know, it's not like you're pointing out, like they won't, they won't even say, well, you can't just believe in Jesus as, as a good, as a good model for humanity or, you know, you know, you have to, and then they'll have to, they'll pin you down on, you have to believe this, 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 and this. And it's really hard that, to see that Jesus would have tried to been pinning it down that way. Right. Right. You know, like when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Did he mean it the way that fundamental Christians teach it? Yeah, I don't and think I, so, but <laughs> I don't think so either. I think I think they've read into that passage far more than Jesus ever intended. And so that's a problem is that these can, you know, you got fundamentalists who read a passage a certain way. It might not even be the best way. It might not be the most generous way. It might not be the most creative way. It might not be, you know, but they've read it the way they think it needs to be read by everybody. And then if you're, if you disagree with them, then you're, you're going to hell. Yeah. And so I, I have a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think God gave the scriptures to us. Assuming that God gave scriptures to us. I don't think that he gave scriptures to us to condemn us, to, to, to put us in hell. I think he gave us, you know, I think God loves us and he wants us to live a good life. So I think we need to read scripture through a lens of love and God of love. And, and, uh, cause that evangelical, that whole evangelical perspective, all this stuff that we're talking about here, this, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> this is what drives me crazy about that, is that's new. That yeah, perspective oh, is new. Oh, it's 100% new. It's right. Literally, in, in 2,000 years of Christian history, it's a product of modernism. Right. And it's a product of of the church of a certain set of Christians, not all Christians, not even most Christians in the world would see it this way. Right. Right. I mean, I just, I was just in Ethiopia back in, in uh, October and certainly one of the oldest churches is the Ethiopian uh, Orthodox church and they wouldn't see it this that way, you know, but 
so there's all huge sections of the church that are much larger than than this little fundamental evangelical subset. Yeah. But yeah, that subset of the church is very new to church history. And it's very rigid. Yes. And it's But they're right, Fred. They're right. It's very it's very rigid, it's very legalistic. It's very quick to judge. It's very quick to condemn people to hell. And that, to me, all, the, those tendencies in that movement are the opposite of Jesus. Absolutely. So I, I, anything that doesn't look like Jesus to me is like, and yet, yet they, they dogmatically, rigidly say, well, they only, they're the only ones that they think they own Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's a tragedy of the Western Christian world and particularly the Western Christian fundamental fundamental world that they think they got a corner on the market of Jesus. And if you don't agree with them, then you're wrong and you're going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very fascinating thing because, you know, for someone to say, well, it's just black and white right there. I mean, Jesus said it himself. I'm the way, the truth and the life. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I, be- I believe in that. Too. I'm the way, and the truth and life. I, I know that's in there, but I do not at all see it and interpret it like that. Yeah. I, I totally have a more I mean, gracious interpretation that Jesus was just saying, hey, guys, you know, I go about and I do good and I bring healing like my like this is the way to live. Yeah, it's relational love. So truth, Jesus wouldn't have thought of truth as objective, rational statements. That's a product of western rationalism that thinks about truth that way jesus would have thought about truth as relationship so he's talking about relationship he's talking about there's a there's a way of relational love that is the way to live right that's the that's the truth that's the way that's the life it's the life and love of god as a there's a relational love way love is truth you know jesus would have saw truth as as relational, not rational. But evangelicals have interpreted truth as as Western rationalism. So you gotta you gotta believe a certain set of rational, dogmatic statements, and that's the truth. That's not what Jesus meant by the truth. I guarantee you, that's not what Jesus meant by the truth. Yeah, not what any Middle Easterner would have thought of as the truth of Jesus's day. Right. That's that's. That's a misinterpretation of a passage. So then you're right. <laughs> yeah. I find that fascinating because they, you know, they also were like, well, depart from me. They're like, well, I mean, Jesus himself said it depart from me, you workers of iniquity, you know, and, and just these other little, you know, verses that they, you know, they missed the whole, to me, the Bible is a book of stories and myth. And there is some history in there too. And, I think the Bible's great. Like I, 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 you know, I don't think it's the word of God. I think it's the word of man about God and different stories and things that are compiled and all that stuff. But even in that, right? Like even in that, like that's worthy of hell, you know, that the Bible is the infallible, incorruptible, indestructible. You know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, I bring, yeah. I bring that's, back my Bible another, days. That's another product of modernism is, is having arguments about the Bible that the Bible never itself would have ever made. Right. 
I mean, these are these are all thoughts about the Bible that are maybe a hundred or two hundred years old in Christian church history, <laughs> and are and are really misinterpretations of the very scriptures themselves. Yeah, the Bible never intended to say the things about itself that these people say about it. Right. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't say these things. Right. They've read into a passage, like one little passage, like all scriptures inspired by God. Well, then they, that word, Paul invented that word. That, that, that word for inspiration in the Greek yeah. is a word that Paul basically invented. And then fundamental Christians have built a whole doctrine around that one little word that that Paul wasn't probably ever intending to be used the way they built the doctrine around it. Right. So Why not Paul that? would have never even Paul would have never even thought to argue about what he was writing. Right. <laughs> in the way that we talk about it. Right. Jesus would have never probably thought of himself in all the different ways that we think about him. Right. <laughs> it, it it's fascinating. I I know we, it I think this is, I mean, I don't think this is common knowledge. I know this is common knowledge. I mean, even in my Bible, I think it's noted, but I think it's the book of Matthew, the last chapter from the resurrection on, that's not a part of the early Bible manuscripts. Like that was added later. And we don't think this, we know this from the codex, whatever, you know, the, that date dates back to, I don't know. I forget whenever it is, you know, well, you know, the ending of Mark's gospel or Mark's maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, that chapter 16. Yeah. So none, we do not have an original manuscript of any, of any book in the Bible. We don't have a Moses's. If Moses wrote the first five books, um, of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, it's number Deuteronomy, that then uh, we don't have any of his original manuscripts. The oldest manuscripts that we have of the Hebrew Bible are from the Dead Sea Scrolls. Right. Um, we have very complete manuscripts from the Dead Sea Scrolls. That's about 200 BC. But Moses would have been, if Moses is the author of the Torah, the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, then he would have been writing, you know, somewhere in 14 to 1200. But even even the Torah itself says that there are whole sections of the Torah that were compiled and written by other people other than Moses. So, right. uh, so it's a compilation of of things and stories and stuff. The whole the whole of the Torah was compilations, and it's usually attributed to Moses. But point being is we don't have manuscripts of Paul original manuscripts of any of these guys. We have copies of copies of copies of copies. Right. That's how all ancient literature is. Right. Before the printing press, which was invented, what, 15-something, yeah. right? Before the printing press, all we had of any literature was copies of copies of copies of copies of copies. And none of the ancient literature did we ever have any original manuscripts survive. They, they didn't... The 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 so, and in the copying process, you know, just like if you sat down and copied page after page after page by hand, you would, you would miss, you would mess something up. Yeah. 
I mean, it'd be little things probably, but you, you'd still get the major flow of all the stories right, but you would make errors and there'd be a word you couldn't read or there'd be a letter that you couldn't read or there'd be this or that, or you might, you might actually leave a whole sentence out because you were looking here and then copying here and then you look back here and then miss the sentence and copy. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. So there's actually an art to studying how copies are copied or, and there's a study called, uh, you know, the it's it's a whole study around the transmissions of the text and and there's a science behind that kind of study so so yeah to to argue that the bible is inerrant when you know it just doesn't even nobody would have made that argument that ever wrote the bible right they nobody would even thought about it that way it's a stupid argument that we've for that we've forced onto the Bible because of a bunch of fundamentalists who are trying to prove everything's right. Yeah. They're trying to fight modern science. And then, yeah. so they take this really rigid approach to try to resist science. Well, no, no, no. The Bible's right. Science is wrong. The Bible's inerrant. Everything in the Bible is right. Everything in science is wrong. If the science doesn't agree with the Bible, then the science is wrong, you know, and then it's, it's, it's a stupid way to approach the Bible, and it's a stupid way to think about the Bible. And I think it actually does it a disservice, and to me, it discredits it. Like, for example, when, when, when the, you know, the story of the sun standing still, you know, well, <laughs> okay, that's not how the universe works. The sun is not what's moving around the earth. The sun's not moving. It's the earth that's moving. So, well, and then, you, you know, you tell a fundamentalist that and they say, well, I mean, yeah, they understood, they knew that they were just saying that, you know, from their perspective. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If they got that wrong. Yeah, you're not going to like, you, if God was actually, if actually God was the author of the Bible, he would know that the sun's not moving around the, like, if God, you know, if, if God's writing the Bible or he's over watching, you know, he's over yeah. watching the spirit of the Lord is hovering over the scribes hands, then he would have got that right. Yeah, no, it's the, the ancient near Eastern worldview permeates the old Testament. So the kinds of views that they thought about the world at that day and time are permeated all the way through the scripture. Right. So the scriptures do not have a modern scientific worldview about the sun and about the stars and about the earth and about the planets and about all that stuff. Yeah. They had an, they had an ancient worldview of all of those things. Right. And that is reflected in the scriptures themselves. The scriptures reflect the time period in which they were written yeah. by the authors who wrote them. Right. Nobody wrote any scriptures after the Enlightenment that right. <laughs> in the Bible, right? They right. were all written, you know, way long before the Enlightenment. So, no, they don't. There's there's some great, great. One of my favorite Old Testament guys is a guy named John Walton who teaches at Wheaton. He's written some great books on the ancient Near Eastern worldviews. And how those are permeated into the Hebrew Bible, and it, and it really, when you understand those ancient worldviews, and then understand what the Bible is trying to say, it's still beautiful in what some of the things that we're trying to be communicated. Oh my gosh! You know? 
Yeah, matter of fact, I I think that that narrow-minded evangelical, you know, that that I think that view makes it not beautiful. It makes it ugly and corrupt and just full of ridiculousness. You know, when the the four corners of the earth. Well, the four corners of the earth, the earth's not flat. Right. So, like, if God is the one writing this book, again, he would have got that correct. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have allowed it to say that. Um, not to mention, you know, simple, simple things that you know people talk about, where, you know, like, why didn't if if God, if Jesus was God, he would have known you just wash your hands. <laughs> that like wash your hands before you touch your food. Kind of, you know, there's certain things that are that are, that are void of. If this is God, like literally, if this is God, um, he doesn't know about his own universe, you know, about the way he set this whole thing up. And so yeah. there's so many things that don't line up when you take it literal. Now, for me, when I I back away from it and I understand it to you know not be literal. And I, I walk away from this eternal damnation, except for, you know, yeah. Southern Baptist, like when, you know, for me, it makes it way more beautiful. I'm way more interested in that. But right. if it's, if I have to take it like a Southern Baptist, if that's the way it is, then I literally, I'm an anti-Christian. I have zero interest in Christianity. I think it's a farce and it's a scam. It's based upon a, a psychopathic uh, superpower who does not give a shit about humans and people and children. You know, like if you, so for me, when I, like when I, I'm not serious about this, you know, I am dead serious about it. If, if that's the only God there is the Southern Baptist one, I literally do not want to ever be a Christian or be associated with it in any way, shape or form. End of story. Now you, so there's that. <laughs> but for me to to open it up and say, no, I believe in a beautiful God, and there's these stories and these myths and these these, you know, stories of redemption and of grace and of love and of kindness. And oh my gosh, I'm down for all that. Like, not just down for it. I think it makes it it's the redeem it's the redemption. To me, it's what that's what redeems the the whole Bible. And and if there's a version of Christianity like that. Then, then that's to me what redeems the message of Jesus. If I don't have to take it literal, I can't. There's no such thing as God impregnating people. That, that's a mythical story, clearly. It's, uh, yeah. So, you know, here's. Do you believe I'm curious? And this is, I'm actually asking a question. You know me well enough sure. to know. <laughs> I'm not setting you up for an argument. Of course. Uh, right. No, but like, so even, even though I love science and I love, I love to read, I, I, I'm, I've got three science books going right now by great scientists that are atheists, right? Yeah. And I love their books and I love reading their stuff. And one's a physicist and one's a biologist. And one's a neuroscientist of the brain yeah. and uh, just love their books, love their, their great authors. And, you know, just makes me understand so many things. But, you know, I 
I've still always thought, well, if there is a God, then he can, then he can do supernatural things. Like he can do natural things. He can work through nature. He can work through the laws of nature. He can work through evolution. He can work through all of those things. But it always seemed to me like maybe he could also do something more extraordinary or supernatural. Yeah. And I've always thought that. Okay. Yeah. So I've never excluded something just because it was supernatural. Right. I've, you know, like I've prayed for people for healing in my past that, you know, and certainly people haven't, you know, I, like I always said, Hey, don't come to me for healing because, you know, more people stay sick or get sick after I pray for them. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I was never like, I never put myself out there as like a healing this or that or a healing evangelist. Sure. Like but I would still pray for people who were sick and I would, I would, you know, I would ask for God to heal them. And crazy enough, every now and then somebody would really have a major healing that was pretty hard to explain through medicine. Right. And I've seen some of those kind of things that are like, they're like, wow, something happened and the person's healed. Like I, I prayed for one dude that got completely healed of a cancer that he was supposed to die from. And the doctors had no explanation for it. And I really didn't either. All I did was just say a simple prayer, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, um, so I don't know. I, I haven't excluded things in the realm of possibility just because they're supernatural on yeah. the flip side. I, I understand that the more science we know, the more that we might explain, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. you know, Carl Sagan was a astronomer, atheist guy, and he, he called what, what believers do the God of the gaps. So science starts explaining more and more things, yeah. you know, like germs and mental health issues instead of demons and right like demon possession you know? right yeah and and so so he called it god of the gaps the more the more science explains then the gaps get smaller and smaller and smaller for god to fit into yeah does that make sense yes to you? yes 100 percent. yeah yeah so so the more we know about science it seems like the more things get explained to us that are that are maybe not supernatural right right but i still wonder like and i still do like to this day i still like i still want to hang on to the idea that there's uh, there can be supernatural breakthroughs in life that are that kind of surprise us that we might call a miracle or something like that. right now that's just me sure i'm not i don't i'm not trying to put that on somebody else if i was talking to one of my favorite atheist science friends, I know he'd kind of just laugh and say, yeah, well, that's just what you were raised to believe. And you still hang on to a belief that you have from childhood. Right. right. <laughs> so, and, I, and I'd go, yeah, I, I know, I know, I know what you think, you know? Yeah. And I'd say, yeah, I, there's still some things I, I like to hang on to. So anyway. Yeah. I allow for I, their room there. You know, I allow for the, the room of possibility. You know, I mean, yeah, there are there certain, yeah, I mean, there's certain things that if you ask me, you know, do, do you believe that if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to hell? I mean, I absolutely 100% don't believe in that. Right. And and I right. wouldn't even caveat it or tag it with maybe like, no, 
that's absolutely, absolutely unequivocal. No, I don't believe in that. I think it's complete horseshit. Um, right. And even the concept of the devil, you know, when it, when, when, uh, you know, people talk about well, the devil is real. The Bible says that, you know, that Jesus talks about the devil. I'm like, oh, right. my God. here we go again. You know, you're taking something literal. I don't, I don't, I don't think there, I don't believe in a, I don't believe in a literal devil. I don't now. Yeah. I believe clearly look around the world. Is there evil? Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, look around the yeah. world, dear Lord. There's and then, yes. And then I ask the question sometimes like, is I'll even ask the question, is there supernatural evil? Yeah. And you know, I've had so as a pastor, I would have people come to me in private and tell me all of these stories of things that happened to them and they wouldn't tell people because they didn't want people to think they were crazy but they could be could be like ghost stories they could be um uh like an encounter with a dead relative they could be like there's there's a lot of sort of you know stories on the edge of of explanation that people have these experiences that i don't know yeah. i don't i don't pretend to have answers for everything yeah or understand everything that happens out there in the realm of you know ghost encounters demon encounters evil encounters um spooky kind of stuff you know like ghost hunter you know the, <laughs> the thing, i'm pretty skeptical of all that duh, all that stuff yeah you know but i mean like i i just heard I've had too many sane people tell me stories that kind of make the back of your neck like tingle up a little bit. Like, right. huh. And I'm just like going, huh. Yeah. And half the time I'm going, well, did it make you want to do something more loving or did it make you want to do something <laughs> right? <laughs> more evil? <laughs> right. I'm like, well, maybe you want to do something more loving, you know, then maybe it's okay. You know, right. anyway, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. I'm just like, there's so many crazy things that happen to people. Um, and they don't know how to put words around it. They don't know what happened. They don't right. know how to explain it. And, uh, there's crazy things that happen in the Bible. Yeah. All kinds of crazy stuff. Absolutely. So I don't know. Yeah, and there's definitely that, you know, I do leave a, I don't know, maybe a little 10% room that in, you know, maybe, you know, you know, but it's when like it comes, when we talk about aliens, exactly, exactly. You know, maybe I'm like, I, I'm not ready to say that there's no aliens. Sure. I don't, I don't have all kinds of proof for that. Well, it's a big universe. It's most likely yeah. there's, and I'll tell you what, it's I mean, huge. that, I mean, that, that brings up a whole nother great little conversation here, a little side conversation. And but that's see, I, this. I, I remain open to sort of the supernatural world is in almost the same way that I would stay open to the alien world. And I don't, and it's not because I'm, I'm anti-science that I stay open to those things. I hope it's right. because I'm open-minded and, and just open to new things and learning new things. And that science doesn't explain everything. Sure. I think even the best scientists in the world say that we still only have a fraction of the knowledge that, you know, right. That they're all, everybody's still learning. 
Well, you know? I mean, you know, even when you get into the 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 multiple universes and and other realms, and the, you know, this what this experience that we're having here could be an infinitely number uh, an, within an infinite number of experiences that are all simultaneously going, you know, different I mean, ways. You, and and who, yeah, get, maybe when you start getting into time and black holes and parallel universes, time, time warps. Yeah. I'm, there's things that we, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there's no doubt. You know, that's, that's why it's, it's so hard for me to take such a narrow minded that, you know, that evangelical narrow minded view you know, because there are so many things that we don't know. You know, maybe when we do die, maybe we do enter back into the universe uh, through energy, and and maybe we wake up in another belly of another woman in another universe parallel, and we're reborn into I don't know, or maybe when <laughs> maybe you know maybe our brain is firing off this whole experience, and when the brain stops firing, that's it. We cease to exist. There is no heaven. There is no hell. There is no eternity. There is no great, grand, flying, gold-streeted place with mansions. Like, you know, I like I look at that stuff as all so just hogwash, you know. Mm -hmm. But, again, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading a, one of the books I'm reading right now by an atheist scientist is a guy named uh, Sean Carroll. He's got a great podcast too, but the book I'm reading, he's got a bunch of books. The book I'm reading right now by his is called the big picture. And he's a, he's, he's a physicist. And so it's really interesting to read, you know, and he's, he's like not an, He's not a mean-spirited atheist, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, like he's not like an evangelical atheist, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. He's a he's a kind-hearted atheist and open and like, um, you know, the the universe has developed into these more and more complex living forms that can all that can now reflect on itself. And think about its own self. Right. Which is like fascinating. The fact that we're having yeah. this conversation. Yeah. Consciousness. And the fact, you know, like, I don't know. Did, you know, did ducks wish they could, you know, not swim? I don't know, you know, but, or do they, do they reflect on life after death, you know? Yeah. Uh, are the ducks, we, yeah, the ducks evangelizing each other and other ducks going, have you uh -huh. accepted Jesus like, and your Lord, Lord dude, and Savior? Like if, if you if you don't put your if you don't put your trust in uh, duck Jesus, you're going to duck hell. Right. You know, but, you know, us humans reflect on these things and build theologies and mythologies and stories and we invent stories and we think about our purpose and our meaning and. And we hope that we live after life. We don't want to die. We try not to die. We try to, you know, like, it's a bizarre thing that these brains do, this consciousness. And, and the fact that we have a longing for life beyond death is kind of, it's kind of bizarre, maybe in the whole animal kingdom. I don't know. No, it is. You know? Yeah. I mean, the you know, when you, I mean, again, I don't know, but. When I think about the Bible, it's funny. It's like, it's clearly an invention 
of humans. <laughs> the Bible, it's an invention of humans. I mean, it's all, all of the ancient world tried to explain things. These, these human minds have, in, have evolved into consciousness. And then we want to know, why are we here? What is our purpose? What does it all mean? How do we have the best life we can have? And they, they tried to answer these things through a hunger and a belief in supernatural explanations for things, right? Yeah. And all, all like I've read all of the ancient world religions and all of the ancient world myths. And I've, I've read most of the, I haven't read in totality all the ancient scriptures from all the different traditions, but I've, I've read chunks of them. You know, I've read the Quran and I've read uh, some of the ancient Near Eastern. I've read all the ancient Near Eastern. Well, stuff, the Quran is for sure it. wrong. The Bible says. Then, <laughs> yeah, well, it's right about quite a bit of stuff. I know. I'm teasing. Um, but anyway, and then like some of the some of the ancient, you know, some of the Taoist and Hindu texts and, you know, Tai Chi. And, you know, there's a lot of ancient texts from the from china and india oh really uh that are interesting and worldviews and well isn't, even the monotheistic uh, monotheistic god you know the one one god isn't that a that's a jewish that's a jewish made-up belief or at least i mean i say made up that's how jewish tradition is then what because wasn't the world poly, yeah, poly, poly polytheistic for the they believed most, in all kinds of gods of the, Right. Most of the world was polytheistic. Most of the world was tribal. I'm talking about the ancient world. And most of the world uh, thought that their God was bigger than the other people's gods. Of course. Okay. And so it's the tribalism of that. And our God's the right God. And our God will beat up on your God. and Prove that our God's the biggest God, the best God. Well, even the but name Yahweh believe- was a copy from, I forget what, but there was, and this is going to sound funny, but I'm not making this up. But it's like Yahweh. People ask, where did the where the Jews the Jewish tradition where did they come up with Yahweh? Well, there was a god previous to Yahweh called Yahoo, possibly pronounced Yahoo, and so it they all shared these you know beliefs and anyway, it's very fascinating, right? But but no monothe Jews aren't the only monotheists of the ancient world, by the way. Oh, okay, but. Um, most of the ancient world would have been polytheistic for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But at any rate, um, yeah. So everybody was trying to explain all the big questions, you know? Yeah. And they tried to do it through looking out at, you know, when you try to look at nature and figure out what the heck's going on and you're a little bit superstitious and you believe in supernatural stuff, you start trying to figure out how to live and what what you try to put a face on nature well the ancient world was very superstitious right i mean yeah like very yeah and they're always trying to figure out what god was doing through nature which is man nature can be pretty cruel and nature can be also awesome and beautiful right so then you end up with these schizophrenic gods yeah you know one one day they throw tornadoes at you and the next day they shoot a rainbow at you, you know? Well, that's how they understood everything, right? So if there was a storm or a famine, you know, that was God's punishment. 
And then that, that yeah. and that's how the Bible records it. Like it's a fact. No, this was God. This was a drought brought brought on by God for the punishment of the sins of the people. And it's like, no, no, that no, that was their interpretation of it. That was that they. That's what they thought. That doesn't mean that literally the God of the universe is putting a drought in a particular part of the land to starve out people because of their sin and their lack of belief in him. The fact that you believe that that is actually factually, again, that God is a psychopath. Yeah, but you know, so Timmy, were you pastoring when 9-11 hit? Oh, my goodness. Yes, I was. So you were an evangelical pastor. Yes. To people after 9-11. Yes. Right? So I was too, okay? My my church doubled in one week after 9-11 because I opened up a new auditorium. The, our first grand opening Sunday was the Sunday after 9-11. So I had I'd grown to 400 people in about 10 years, and I added another 400 in one week after wow. 9-11. But I, I remember going out and listening to all the preachers out there about they were talking about 9-11. And, dude, they were saying it was God did it. Because he was punishing the homosexuals in yep, America. I remember that. God did it because of this and this and this. I mean, I was just stunned at how many in what I thought were intelligent evangelical pastors were saying that 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 the twin towers went down because God did it. It's yes, yeah, God's judgment. Jerry Falwell, who's an reason. idiot, but yeah, like he's I remember Jerry Falwell was like what you just said. Like it was nine eleven was God's judgment on homosexuality. And I mean, like I, dude, you know what? I started talking about loving our enemies and loving Muslims and, um, how in the midst of tragedy, if we bond together and love that, you know, redemptive things can, can come out. Right. Yeah. But not try to explain it. And, in ways that you know we're god doing it to us right yeah that i mean just, that that i mean yeah it's crazy to me well it is it is so crazy because when when i remember hearing that same thing and even then you know i was a bible believing you know i was a <laughs> i was a bible thumper at that time but even then i had you know more your view and i remember thinking to myself again you this is the god that you serve it, that he's going to wipe out little children who were in the basement of the twin tower, the daycares that had little innocent, precious, sweet children that God killed those kids. Uh, I, I have, I don't want anything to do with that God. Like I, that, if that's who he is, I'm literally, I want to go to hell. I don't want to go where that guy is. That is absolutely insanity. But it's like if God, well, it's it's almost like if God, here's what's so weird about that evangelical squirrely view. It's almost like, but if God kills it, it's a righteous killing and it was it's good. If I do it, like Timmy Gibson, if I go over and say that person's evil and I kill him, well, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in prison. Rightly so. But God does it and it's just. Mm -hmm. That is ridiculous. Yeah, that is and, just know, ridiculous. You, you know, Timmy, the 
Um, <laughs> within the evangelical world, you've got Calvinist and Arminianist, right? Yeah. And and the Calvinists uh, are the are the ones that you know God. You know, God elects some people to heaven and some people to hell. God, God, they they be, you know, God's in charge of everything and everything. You know, whereas your your Armenian people would put a little more emphasis on the free will of man, and and less on the sovereignty of God, kind of thing. You know, yeah. you know that whole yes. debate, and uh, and so. It's, but my, my, uh, I, I agree, you know, my sense of like, we, we, I've heard so many preachers blame God on stuff, blame God for stuff that he literally would be an, um, a moral monster, you know, yeah, a schizophrenic moral monster. A psychopathic God. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't want anything to do with a God like that. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm. I'm with you, and it's. It's. A, it's a sad state when, when those kind of Christians, you know, push someone like me who who has a love for God, and a and a love for the message of Jesus. And, and a love for scripture in the general sense, you know, but anytime it's like, if that, but then you hear those, those crazy people and I'm thinking, yeah, I want, I want no association with that group, like at all, like, please don't associate with those people at all in any way, shape or form. It's tough. You know, it's tough. I mean, I, then I spent, you know, I was 30 years an evangelical pastor. Now I really started towards towards the end of my, towards the end, I would say, you know, the last five, six years, you know, I started opening myself. And what's funny is it's just the more I read and the more I open my mind, you know, they would say, well, the more you open your mind, you let the devil come in and, you know, <laughs> okay. But it's just like the more I understood things that to be what were factually true and that we knew it and it was common knowledge it was like, oh my gosh, like it's common knowledge around uh, amongst theologians that the first five books of the Bible are mythical stories. And that's like, that's well known, (laughs) you know, but as an evangelical, I didn't realize that was common knowledge. You know, it'd be like walking around the world thinking that, you know, or living around this parts and and then someone shows you a picture of the the earth and you're like, oh my gosh, it's not flat. <laughs> like it's that kind of thing. It's like you almost go, wait, like it's common knowledge that the earth is a sphere and everybody knows this except for me. You know, that like that was kind of mm-hmm. the things that started happening to me. You know, the the Noah's Ark, realizing that no, that that the no, Noah's Ark is no, it's a story. It's, it's not actually true. Noah didn't actually build an ark and didn't put two of every creature on this ark. That's not even feasible. And, and you get into the, you know, then you get into the leaving room for miracles. No, I don't have any room for that as a miracle. That is absolutely ridiculous. 
as a story, as a fact. Now, as a story, as a a mythical story to communicate, you know, a protection from the flood and 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 what, like all that stuff. Okay, I totally have no problem with that. But you get into a you know, literally saving like the whole entire earth, Fred was completely flooded everything and everyone, excuse me, everyone and everything died around the world, except for these eight people. (laughs) No, I don't believe that. Not even, not even teeny little bit. Do I believe that? Yeah. But you know, so, but like this idea that deep truth echoes everywhere, right? Okay, so think about what's what's the number one way that most scientists think caused the extinction of dinosaurs? An asteroid 65 right. million years ago. Right. And it hit the planet Earth somewhere down where? Down in around South America. I, uh, right? Yeah, there's that big crater that's the one that was the dinosaur yeah. killer. Yeah. And then that caused tsunamis around the planet, I guess. Right. That, like we're just i mean it was like massive walls of water right right everywhere and you know i mean nobody was around to and it it caused an extinction of a lot of a lot of lines of of uh species right 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 any rate it's just interesting to me that like, so then here's this in all the ancient Near Eastern worlds have flood stories. All the ancient, not, it's not just a Hebrew story. Right. Well, I believe there was a uh, flood, but just FYI, like I believe that the, the general idea of the story is true. I just don't believe that Noah built an ark. <laughs> it's just, it's just fascinating to me that these ancient religions, which would have come, I mean, you know, if, if that asteroid hit 65 million years ago, right? Yeah. Um, these ancient stories emerged maybe 3000 BC. Right. So, I mean, you're talking about these ancient flood stories started emerging around 3000 BC, which is about 65 million years after the asteroid hit the planet. Right. <laughs> and nobody. No, no person was around to record the asteroids hitting. How you know? It's so right. it's just fascinating to me that the you end up with these stories, and then they had to make meaning out of these stories. So they all have these flood stories, and then they all had to have meaning. Well, what did these floods mean? Right. So they tried to create meaning out of stories, and we we humans do that. Yeah, and we there was definitely. Create- Go ahead. Sorry. We try to create meaning out of things we don't understand. Right. Or we try to make sense of things that we don't understand. And, and we, we throw God into the mix. And so then we come up with all kinds of stories, right? Yeah. All well, over, all around the world and every culture developed stories of God stories, trying to make meaning and sense out of life. And right. How does nature and human beings and, and all of that inter- and God all interact. Yeah. And there was definitely, you know, I know that there was a, a some other kind of cataclysmic event, the younger Dryas event that happened around 12,000 years ago, which they, if Atlantis was actually real, it coordinates with that time frame. But also, you know, a lot of the, the Epic of Gilgamesh and a lot of these 
ancient stories of all these flood stories, it, they all coincide with this cataclysmic event that science has actually proven to have happened around 12,000 years ago where there was a, a, a an asteroid uh, strike and it, same thing you just said, like it, you know, it released the waters and created floods and destroyed things. And, you know, and, and it co coincides with all these cultures that tell this same story uh, ish, you know, or that coordinates with the, the Noah story. You know, but to take yeah. the Noah story as the no, it's that's not just a story about an event that they were trying. That's the that is the story, Timmy. Like that is the story. It's like, oh my gosh, okay, like the, the, just that literal view. Like, no, the Noah story is the story. All those other stories copied off of it. It's like, yeah, actually, we know that's not true. Like, that's for sure not true. What you are saying is like. You're saying the earth is flat. Like that's how stupid you sound when you say that. No, the Noah story is the story. No, it's one of the stories. Yeah. It's one of them. And it found its yeah. way into the Bible. And now it is the story that God wrote down himself. And these evangelicals are, they got it. They got to figure it out. <laughs> Oh man. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I, Fred, I love talking to you because I, you have a heart for God. You love God. You love Jesus. You know, and I, I share those, those, those thoughts, uh, you know, with you. Uh, but I also like that you're, you know, you're, you have a, I guess I would call it a generous orthodoxy, meaning, you know, you, you, you don't, you don't take that narrow minded, rigid, idiotic that's just an idiotic view but i'm so glad you don't take that well obviously i couldn't be your friend i mean i couldn't even talk to you because you would obviously think i'm you know going to hell and you got the truth and all that stuff and i, I can't resonate with people like that at all and uh, i just appreciate your more generous orthodoxy you're more you know you're more gracious and, and merciful and more open-minded and 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 astute you're intelligent you know, you wouldn't say something. There's reasons you don't say certain things because you would sound like a buffoon, you know, and you, you just wouldn't have a voice with, with people. If you believe things to be super rich, I mean, you'd have a voice with evangelicals, uh, but that'd be it. You know, anybody else would be like, Oh my God, Fred's a moron, you know? And, uh, well, you know, I, I, I think the, the central theme that I hold on to from scripture is grace yeah and um i remember hearing bono one time talk about the difference between karma and grace and he, he you know he said you know karma is a deal it, you, what you put out comes back you reap what you sow right there is a there is a principle out there that seems to operate in the universe that we would call karma or some people call it reciprocity or some people call it you reap what you sow right yeah you know you put out this you come it comes back to you somewhere or another so you put out good stuff good stuff and come back put out bad stuff bad stuff and come back right but but he said but then bono said but then there's something that that breaks that cycle and it's called grace and that's where you get something that you really didn't deserve yeah in a good way yeah like it it's and uh and bono was like you know i'm he says i i really 
believe in grace. He says, I'm, I'm counting on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had an evangelical say to me, they, I even had an atheist friend say to me, I said, you know what, what, uh, is there anything that could, you know, you know, change your mind and make you believe in God? And they're like, well, you know, I mean, I do, you know, when I die, I do like surprises. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, and I just, I like that, that, that open-minded view. Um, but also for me at, at the end of the day, I even said this to this evangelical person. I said, here's the thing. There's, there's, I, I in no way could believe in a God that would be, you know, so rigid to send anyone of another faith you know, to douse them in gas and light them on fire. Like that, I, 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 there's no way I could believe in that God. I said, but if there is a God and he is the creator of all things and he is good and he is kind and he is just, which I believe that he would be, if, if there is a God, I would believe those things about him or her that if I was to die, that if I stood before God, especially, in, and I know myself, you know, the, I, of course, I, I, you know, I keep thinking of the Bible scriptures. No, not, you know, no one's good. It's we're like filthy rags and all that bullshit. But anyway, scratch all that nutty teaching. If I was to die or when I die, if God's a real thing and I stand before God, I've been a good person. Now, I'm not, that doesn't mean I've done like I've not I've done terrible things in the sense of I've sinned. I've lusted. I've cheated i've lied i've you know i've done all the things i'm i'm human i've done all the the human things that humans do i can't imagine that that god especially just knowing my life and knowing even my my thoughts and knowing what i think deep within my soul that that god would say timmy you did not believe in the virgin birth of jesus my son Depart from me. You're spending eternity in hell to burn forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. There's, there's, <laughs> I would think that that God would be like, Timmy, it was true. Jesus was my son and he did, he was born of a virgin, Timmy, and he did die for you and then he was resurrected. I'd be like, really? Like, oh, that was true? Well, then, okay. I believe it. Like, I mean, if you're telling me I'm standing right here in front of you, you're God, like, this, like, the story was true? You know, yeah. I'd have a lot of questions. I'd be like, God, why in the hell did you allow for other religions then? Why did you allow for Hinduism and Buddhism and all? Like, why would you have allowed all these other things to come up? Why didn't whenever it all began with Adam and Eve, why didn't you give Adam and Eve the Bible so we could have had the one truth all the way through time from the beginning of time? Like you, you could have done better, God. You could have thought this through. There, you, you, you definitely like you should have had some counsel. You know, you should have like got together with some people and come up with a much better plan if this was the plan, like if this is it, if this is the one true story, you could have done a better job of putting it together from the beginning and kept it consistent. 
<laughs> I know. I mean, you know. <laughs> so that's why when you add in all the elements of, of humanity and stories well, and myth, that's the that's the only way that this would, makes sense to me now. And if he had waited a while and sent Jesus after the internet was invented. Oh well, yes, exactly. Then then we would have had worldwide broadcast instantaneously. Yep. And we could have had CNN and Fox News together filming the resurrection. Absolutely. Like they could have been right there. Yeah. Look, he's he said he's coming out. Yep. So let's get the film crews out there. Yep. Sunday morning. Bam. Yeah. Right on TV. Yeah. I mean, if God really cares about people. I mean, and I, again, I believe that there is a God, and I believe He does care, but not. Yeah. A, I just don't believe in a personal God. But yeah, like it, there's just it's there's so <laughs> there's a much better way, and and that we won't even talk about this, Fred, because I know I've kept you long enough. But you know, you even get into the fact that I think it's like ninety nine percent of all the creatures that have ever lived are extinct. What the fuck is that about? Like what? <laughs> why would god create a bunch of things and just then have them die out that doesn't make any sense at all if everything's for a purpose and it's all created by god for a reason man i'm telling you there's so many holes in that in that in that viewpoint you know especially when you get away from we didn't even talk about this but you get into evolution evolution which i believe in now you know I believe in evolution. Now, I still believe God, you know, created the Big Bang, and I believe God had an influence and a hand in in it is just my, where I'm at still. I still, that's my, that's where I'm still holding on, Fred. You know, I, you talk about what what kind of things you kind of still hold on from your past beliefs, your, your atheist person would say. You know, for me, yeah, there's a few things I still hold on to, and part of it is, that is the gap God, you know, where science can't explain, I throw God in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so, so I still have, maybe, maybe I don't, you know, I don't know, yeah. but I, I know Adam and Eve weren't the first two humans. Like none of, none of this makes sense. There's no way you could have all the races of all the people around the world and all the things. And not only that, the, the cradle, the, the cradle of humanity is out of Africa, not in the garden of Eden in Israel. I mean, like we, we don't think we know, like we know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's fact. It's a scientific fact. We know we came out of Africa. We it's, you know what I mean? Like this isn't, they don't debate this shit on campuses because it's not something debatable. You don't right. you don't see college campuses debating on whether the earth is flat. Why? We, because we know, we know it's not flat. You know, yeah. so when it comes to humanity and well, we know that humans were all around the whole world, all yeah. different kinds of species. Even there was like seven or eight different species of humans. Well, where's yeah. that in the Bible? Because there wouldn't that yeah. that's not there is that's not in the Bible. Adam and Eve were of the same species, according yeah. to the, you know, I mean, if you're going to take it literal. Well, where did Neanderthals come from? Denificens, Homo erectus. Where did all these other humans come from? The devil, yeah, you know, the devil. You're right. There's a great group of, I don't, I don't know what they would call themselves. Um, they, I mean, they, I think they'd be Jesus followers or Christians or something, but 
Uh, you remember Fran? You know Francis Collins. Oh yeah. Just re- just, yeah. re- just retired as the head of the, I think the NIH. But he's he helped um, map the human genome. He's a brilliant, brilliant scientist guy. But he's a he's a he's a Christian. Okay. Um, he's got a he and some of his science friends who are who are not atheists, but who all believe in evolution. Right. And he wrote he wrote a book called The Language of God. And, uh, and uh, great stuff. And then they've got a website called BioLogos. BioLogos. And it's just really great integration of science with the Bible and Christian beliefs. Yeah. Really, really an interesting, brilliant, brilliant scientist, but also believers. And it, it's just an interesting group. Um, maybe not everybody. I like reading all kinds of people, you know, but I, I, I love reading. Um, I, I've always loved science. Yeah. If I hadn't felt called to be a pastor. I would have been a scientist. Yeah. Some sort. Well, the, yeah, because science is not a religion, right? It's a, it's a method, you know? And so, right. uh, you know, the, the in Christians are like, well, evolution's just a theory. No, it's not. It's not a theory. Now, there are theories within evolution, but evolution is a fact. It's not a theory. It's a fact. And within evolution, yes, there are theories and, and things that they try to conclude or to surmise or what. Yes, of course. Like, uh, clearly, that's exactly what the Bible people do in the Bible, too. They're, they're you know, they, they have theories and ideas and interpretations and, and things, you know, they conclude and uh, I, you know, so, yeah. So when people, you know, evangelical, it's only the evangelicals that really have this weird right-wing fundamental real, uh, legalistic, uh, literalist type view, because it's like, no evolution. No, 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 no. It's not a theory. It's not, it's not made up, you know, it's not made up. And so, yeah, I love hearing about Christians that are, you know, evolutionist and, and, and understand evolution because it's, it's a fact. It's real. It's not. It's, well, and the, all, I mean, all, when you start looking at all the sciences together, like if you start approaching uh, evolution from biology and then from physics and then from astronomy and then from, you know, uh, even genetics, um, all of these science and geology, right? Yeah. You just, you pretty much take every kind of science that's out there and all, all of them in their own way, um, point to, you know, the evolutionary processes for the development of, of, of life as we know it. Right. Yeah. So, Yeah. Well, it's far more than just a a theory that has, you know, there's whole thick books that that creation scientists write on how the how the Earth is just six six thousand years old. <laughs> I mean, literally, like I would when I would preach about you know because I never 
from the beginning of my preaching career, I, I always preached a old earth, old universe. Okay. Yeah. And um, so I would always have people in my congregation come hand me these creation science books. <laughs> try to, try to, you need to read this because you're, you're wrong. The, the earth is 6,000 years old, you know. And I'd just be like, yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a <laughs> those again. Any respectable university, you there, you would never ever. Now the you, there isn't. You see debates about or debates, yeah, debates about you know whether the existence of God or not. But on any no 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 uh, college or university with any you know credibility at all would would host a <laughs> a young Earth. Uh, you know, six thousand year old Earth uh, debate versus a, an old Earth. Like now, some kind of Bible college might have some kind of stupid debate on Dude, that. I, I went to Baylor, and it's a Baptist school, and it we my geology professor every you know because I got a Bachelor of Arts degree, so I took my, I had a great ge- geology professor. We talked about the how old the Earth is, you know. And it's, yeah. You know, I mean, he was great, and he was. I think he would have called himself a Christian, yeah. you know, and he, he believed in old earth and all of that. So yeah. at any rate, it's, uh, yeah, I tell you, I think that the evangelical church and, uh, I, I, you know, I would have always considered myself a part of that world. Right. But yeah. like I would have considered myself more of a progressive, what I'd call a progressive evangelical or what some of my, some of my friends we call it British evangelical. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're more they're more open and progressive and stuff. But at any rate, um, you know, I think that I think their I think their approach to science is uh is you know I I I they they just there's been an anti science bent in the evangelical world. I think there's been uh, anti, you know, there, there's a lack of respect for other world religions, right? Yeah. A lack of love and respect for people of other faiths. I think there's been a horrible approach to the LGBTQ community um, and, uh, and sexual ethics are very shame-based, I think, in the evangelical world. Yeah. So I think there's some real problems in that world yeah and uh and i and i think it's a i think it's a problem of instead of embracing a a broader creative ethic of love which i think is the best way to view the bible um i think that they've taken this sort of rigid, rationalistic, dogmatic, you got to see it my way approach. And if you don't see it my way, it's all wrong and you're going to hell. And that just leads to a very non-grace-based community of people, which to me is the opposite of Jesus. If anything that I want to be a part of is a Jesus grace-based community, radical grace-based community of people, that's that's the kind of community. That's the kind of God. That's the kind of Jesus that I want to be around. That's the kind of people I want to be around. 
Yeah, me too. 100% love and grace and mercy and kindness. That that's the that's what I'm sticking with. That's where I'm sticking, man. If there is a God, that's that's the side I want to be on, not sending everybody to hell cuz they don't believe in certain stupid stuff. Well, Fred, I've taken way too much of your time. I really I can't even tell you how much I enjoyed this conversation and uh you always you, you I'll, I'll be honest with you Fred you you're one of the people you and like Adam Hamilton and certain people like that you're you're people like you are the people that keep me even in the the sphere of of loving God and loving Jesus and and believing in some of the stuff of the Bible like literally it's people like you that keep me from completely just walking away and literally burning all those books. And so I, I really appreciate you and I'm glad that you and I, uh, our, our paths crossed. I think I had reached out to you because after I heard, yeah. your, after I heard your story and all that, just wanted, you know, here I was, I think when I first kind of reached out to you, I was a little bit more Christian, but a little very grace filled. And I was just reaching out to, to you to let you know that I loved you. <laughs> regardless well, of your I, past addiction and all the stuff you went through that I, I still yeah. loved you and still valued you and even invited you in to speak in my little spiritual gathering group. <laughs> well, you know what? I needed it and I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, good. That's the kind of, that's the kind of grace I I'm all for. Yeah. You know? Well, you're a gifted Bible teacher, hundred percent. Like I've said it to you before and I'm not blowing smoke up your skirt. I don't get anything from you for saying this, but you're, you're one of the greatest Bible teachers I've ever heard. And I've heard some of the greatest Bible teachers ever. I mean, you know, like evangelical ones, but I mean, all the Bible teaching I've been in part of, I'm 52 years old. I've been in that world all my life. You're definitely one of the top Bible teachers that I, you know, like if you were, if you had a church and you were close to the plaza, I'd come, you know, I'd, I'd come every week. I'd faithfully support Fred Heron as a Bible teacher, as long as you don't try to do an altar call and try to get people saved, <laughs> I'd be good. <laughs> I appreciate I was you. Talking. Well, anyway, I appreciate you. Yeah, man. All right, man. Have, have a good night, brother. Take care. All, All right. right. All right. Peace out. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Timmy Gibson show. I really enjoyed this discussion. I hope it uh, brought you some um, entertainment, some, some clarity, some thoughts to th some things to think about. You know, one of the things I, on, on this journey that I'm on right now, I, I obviously I'm not trying to win anybody over to my way of thinking. I really, I'm not, I'm, I'm just journeying where I'm out out loud. And, um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not trying to make disciples. I'm not trying to win people over. I'm not trying to even get people to leave Christianity. No, 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 not at all. I, I, have zero i'm not building a followership here in in that way um i'm just sharing my journey and having conversations and uh living my life out loud and and a lot of the reasons i do it it's it's you know i know i'm not alone and i i especially not now but i mean i know that there are people who maybe were raised in church and were told certain things that to be true and and now they, they've just walked away. They don't even go to church. They're not anything, you know, they have zero to do with it. 
Now, if you asked them, you know, they'd say they believe certain things. I believe the Bible and I believe Jesus. All this, you know, they'd say they believe all that stuff, but they don't, they don't, they're not actively engaged in it at all because they how ha- they also have lots of doubts and questions and, and things that just don't seem to make sense because a lot of it doesn't. I mean, the evangelical viewpoint is, is a very small subset, uh, just like Fred was saying, it's a very small subset of, of those that, that believe, uh, in, in God or in Jesus, there's a, there's a much broader, bigger, uh, group who are more open-minded and, and see things from a more, um, grace-filled perspective than to believe in this narrow-minded new, and it is new, you know, this is all, you know, for us, like, like when we think about, when we think about what we believe right now, like especially evangelicals, and I know what they believe because I used to live, I was in that world, so I know how we use, how I, not a, I'm not evangelical, not even close, but how I used to think, I thought it was the ultimate truth of all truth. And and then you realize that, no, <laughs> this, pers- this particular view of scripture is new. <laughs> it's new. It's not, this is not what, this is not what Jesus believed. This is not what the disciples of Jesus believed. It's not what early Christians believed. Like it's not. And we don't think this, I'm not just saying this out of my butt. No, it's a fact. We know for a fact, we have writings of what Christians thought of back then and and the way they viewed certain things. And it wasn't the evangelical way. (laughs) And uh, again, because we, this is all we know. So, you know, you'd be, it's like you, you, if you were thrown into a, uh, you know, you dropped into the middle of a lake, you know, a big lake or something, or let's just say you were dropped into the ocean, you know, you had no recollection of anything around the world at all. Meaning, you, you know, you lived in a, uh, let's say you live, how am I trying to say? Like if you were just dropped into the middle of the ocean and then you became awake and conscious, you would think the whole world is water. Everything is water. Like it's all water because that would be your, your worldview. That's all, you know, it's all, that's it. There is no such thing as land. There's only water. (laughs) No, (laughs) but just because you think that doesn't make it true. You know, like if you were to drop a baby onto an Island before the baby, you know, became, you know, consciously aware of itself and could think thoughts, that baby would grow up and would totally not see the world at all like we do here in the United States of America. That baby would have a whole nother worldview. And even a whole, that probably, I don't know if it'd come up with some kind of of its own religious structure and its own thoughts on whatever, but there, you know, no. So all this is man-made. It's a man-made construct. And I'm not, that doesn't mean that it's all bad. You know, I still have a, a deep, profound love for the heart and the message of, of Jesus. But I just, I clearly, I don't see it as the, it's 
the absolute literal truth um, for the whole of all things of all time for everywhere, all, all places. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this talk. Blessings to you, to your family. Uh, we're still, I'm still, it's still considered the new year. So happy new year to you. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you.